Hey everyone, Andrew here. I appreciate you joining in for another episode of Our Last Mill. And before I get in, I'd like to just say, if you haven't yet, please go rate, review, subscribe, uh, whatever you can to help try to grow the show. I uh, said before, I'll say again, this is ad-free, this is a passion project. My whole goal with this show is to try to help people have conversations around grief and try to normalize that. So... If you believe in what I'm doing, if you get any enjoyment out of this whatsoever, or if you think somebody else might enjoy it, please just take time to, like I said, rate, review, and just share it with someone. Okay, let's jump in. It's probably not a secret to anyone anymore that food is important to me, and that food is also important to connecting with people we care about. I guess this week takes a little bit further, though, and she talks about how food can be therapy. How food can help you from both an emotional and mental state, but also from a physical state. And that probably seems really obvious, but it was just so great to hear her talk about how not only did food make her feel better in her health, but how food, cooking, that act of making something got her through really tough times. I'm sorry that I'm so behind this week. Uh, I'm a couple of days past my normal release time, but I had some technical issues I had to work through. And I'm, I'm glad I'm able to get through them because really this is an interview I enjoyed. It's one I'm glad I get to share, and it's one that I hope you like as well. Let's hop on over. Hello and welcome to Our Last Mill. I'm your host, Andrew, and my guest this week is Marie Scott, author, speaker, and functional medicine health coach, as well as creator and founder of Happy and Healthy After Widowhood. Marie, thank you for joining me. My pleasure, Andrew. It's, a, it's so nice to have you on. You know, we were talking just before the, the start here, and it just really feels like the work that you're doing, the work that I'm doing, there's a lot of overlap there. So this just really feels like a natural fit, so I'm, I'm happy to have you. I'm excited. So many stories. Uh, you, you, I've been thinking about the last couple of weeks, so many stories around food and my whole life has been focused on food. And when I wrote my mom's obituary, I even wrote mom instilled in each one of my eight brothers and sisters, a love of cooking and in some of us a love of baking. So this is a perfect, perfect fit. Yeah. I, I love that too. I, and even, even in such a we'll just acknowledge it's such a difficult time. I mean, having to put together an obituary, the fact that one of the things that stood out to you is that love of food and cooking. I, they, I just, I love that because to me, cooking is more than just, it's, it's more than just eating. You know, food is not just fuel. I am very much in that camp. I've said it before on the show, you know, it is a way to nourish and share with other people. Yes. I love that. Yes. Even it's and, and for me, it's therapy. When I lost my, my husband, Dave, of 30 years, it was hard to get back into cooking, but I knew if I didn't, I'd, I'd uh, fall victim to, oh, it's just me, I'll just have popcorn or crackers and cheese. And, and I realized that if I didn't cook for myself and cook healthy, I wouldn't get rid of the widow fog. And so it was really tough going to the store and buying one piece of salmon and one steak and one piece of chicken, you know, after cooking for Dave for so long. Well, you know, we're going to jump right in then. Um, 
you you, you kind of you gave me a natural kind of um, starting point there. So, you know, so you're saying that you know food actually was part of your grieving po- process after the passing of your first husband. Exactly. Can you talk to me about you know how long did it take? How exactly did you did you come to realize that okay, cooking can be a way for me to help process and grieve? So um, it, not not only just a process and grieve, but therapy in so many ways. I, I had a very stressful career in technology for for thirty years. I traveled the world and worked for a, a large technology company. And so um, I would come home after a stressful week, and I'd be cooking in the in the uh, kitchen, you know, let, singing and dancing. And, and Dave would come home, and he would just laugh. He goes, "I'm, you know, I know you had a stressful week. You've been on the road all week, but I'm just going to let you cook because I know it's your therapy." And so um, when I discovered functional medicine and healed myself, I realized that that it's it's kind of hard to eat out all the time and not and stay healthy. And so um, it was probably a month after Dave died that, you know, all the friends brought food over and all the casseroles were gone and you're pretty much left alone. And I thought, you know, this is a um, teaching moment for myself. Um, I started cooking and I would set the table. I'd sit down and light a candle, have a glass of wine. And and um, even if I could only get through uh, one piece of steak, you know, one piece of my ribeye that I cooked in a cast iron skillet, I still felt that if I didn't finish the meal, it was okay, it was breakfast the next morning. So um, it was tremendous therapy. Also, because I was eating so healthy and organic and had transitioned from not eating anything out of a box, um, it became therapy to me to get creative. And that's when the cookbook started. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I feel good because I'm eating good. The widow fog was lifting after about probably seven or eight months later. And um, I healed myself from the inside with the healthy choices I was making. And, um, you know, just being mindful about what we take in is, is so key. You know, my mentor, uh, Sasha Patel, uh, always propo- was a proponent of chew, chill, and cherish. And, um, you know, enjoying every bite and chewing because digestion begins in your mouth and then cherishing the fact that, you know, I had the ability and and I had the ability and knowledge to cook healthy for myself. And then it just grew from there. I started cooking for friends and, you know, for Valentine's Day, I had a meal, uh, just my girlfriends were also widowed. And and it was um, therapy in so many ways, not just for me, but for everybody around me. Oh, that's beautiful. And see, that, that's, that's exactly what I meant whenever I said that, you know, the, the act of cooking and of feeding other people, it can be such a, it's more than just we need to eat. It is very much an act of giving and an act of care. And an act of love. Yes. It's, you know, growing up, I remember you, I used to hear the joke of like, oh, I cooked it with love and, you know, that's the secret ingredient. As I get older, I understand that more, especially as I think about food that, I grew up eating that I can't recreate something that my mom made or something my grand my grandmother's made. It really is a, love is a secret ingredient, and also I think sometimes time and just knowing how to do it, but it's a big part of it. It is. I I was cooking. Uh, I was cooking. I had a craving for spaghetti and meatballs. Growing up Italian, that was every Sunday and every Wednesday. Remember Prince Spaghetti Day? So um, I made a, a pot of sauce the other night and I, I just froze most of it and I was making meatballs and, 
and of course, way different than mom did. Um, you know, the, the meat would be brought out the night before and uh, she cooked sausage and pork ribs and everything would go into Sunday sauce, a big vats of sauce. Mm -hmm. And um, it was so cool. It just brought back so many memories of growing up and, and you know, making the meatballs with love and baking them first. And, and mom didn't bake them. She fried them in lard. Really? <laughs> big cast wow. iron skillet. Everything was cooked in lard back then. It was so incredible that, you know, eight brothers and sisters and none of us suffered from, you know, <laughs> what we ate. But um, it was really cool bringing back those memories and, and um, you know, just, just like growing up. And, and, and I, have, I am remarried. And it was funny, once I, I healed my, my body and my mind and my spirit, my heart opened and in walked Jeff. And in fact, Jeff was um, the first man I cooked for after Dave. And I'll never forget the meal I made for him. I made a seafood boil with shrimp and clams and, and um, crab legs and sausage. It was awesome. There wasn't one shred left of anything that night. But it was really heartwarming to, to be able to share that love of cooking uh, with, with Jeff. And, you know, it, it, Jeff is a, an avid hunter. So he brings home the wild game and I cook it. So yeah. some of the recipes in the, in, the, in the cookbook are going to be moose meat bourguignon and, and uh, deer meat chili and, and, and deer meat lasagna, um, elk burgers. And it's just an amazing match. Again, continuing, you know, the, 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 theory, the, the thought of food uh, my whole life, you know, being Italian and half Italian, half Lebanese, uh, we'd have Lebanese days and we'd cook the cuisine of, of, of my dad. And then, of course, every Sunday was pasta day. Um, so, yeah, it's amazing we're not all like 500 pounds. <laughs> I apologize. And to the listener, I'll, I'll say I think I have bronchitis. So I'm going to try to do as well as I can during the interview, but there may be some, some random coughs in here. Yeah, I, I love that. Though. And I, you, so you touched on something else there, this, uh, this mixing of cultures in food and how that can be so – you know, it, you, you bring together two different sides into one family and you've got the different days. You know, my, you know, my wife is, um, she's Latina. So there's so much food there that we've, you know, we've brought in and we, we've introduced to our daughter and she's gotten to enjoy that as well as some of the stuff that I grew up with. It's, you know, more of the classic as Southern. And then also just other stuff that she and I have both decided we just want to try different things. You know, we, we both have very um, open palates, I would say. Yeah. We love to try food. And so just getting to, to try and, and share as much as you can with the people you care about, I just, I love that. It's funny, I, I've traveled the world in my, my career, and um, I spent a month in South Korea. And it, one thing I always tried to embrace in all the states I've traveled to, I tried to get to know uh, what the, the food of the state was. Like yeah. in Michigan, it's Kringle. Uh, the, the, the pastry is Kringle because there's such a, um, such a Swedish influence in that area of Michigan. And um, in South Korea, the, the culture is so dramatically different, but I embraced it. And I started eating Korean food before I went over there. And it's really funny. You don't wash your hands in South Korea before meals. You wash your feet. And I'll never forget the experience of being invited to my project manager's house, which is quite an honor and um, taking your shoes off and stepping into the bathroom. And there was probably an inch of water on the floor. And I thought, oh my God, did the sink break? Did it flood? And um, that was the tradition. You wash your feet. And um, it was very 
um, very unusual thing to get used to, but I always tried to embrace the cultures and embrace the food everywhere I went. I, I like that. And anytime I've traveled, I have a similar mindset of what do they eat there? Because it yes. doesn't matter if it's another state, another town, another country. It's what do they eat there so that we can try it? Yes. And I, I really do think that's one of the best ways to learn about and embrace another culture is just eat the food that they eat. Yes. You know, it just it gives you a connection. They, they have a, a, I forget what the name of the, it's an open face sandwich. And these are built with such love. There's like like 10 layers of perhaps a, a sliced prosciutto and then um, different layers of food and it's out of this world. And, you know, one of the things I'd love to do is check out the top 10 restaurants in the world. And um, this was one of them in Copenhagen. Um, it's just amazing experience. That's wonderful. That's uh, I'm very, if you can't tell, I'm very much a foodie. I just, I, I love getting to try and just, even just whenever other when friends travel, one of the first things I ask them, what did you eat? I love to hear about the food that they had. Yes. Can't help it. Um, I do want to shift back a little bit to, uh, to Dave. Can you tell me more about Dave, who he was and, you know, just yes. in, in some of the memories you have with him around food? My, um, my late husband, Dave was a retired captain on the fire department. And, um, I cooked every night I was home and not traveling. I cooked. And so uh, there was always leftovers and he'd bring leftovers to the fire hall and all the guys would get jealous, like, wow, man, I, I want some of that. And um, it, was, it was just a great experience to be able to feed him and also you know, have the guys a little bit envious of what he was bringing to work. Uh, as a firefighter, he, had, uh, he worked seven days on, seven days off. So really um, odd shift uh, shifts. And one morning he came home from night shift. I'll never forget this. And I was baking cookies and I don't bake. And so he, he actually opened the door always with a smile. He's my, my travel, my soulmate, my, my partner in crime. Um, he opened the door, he came in the kitchen. He goes, he had to do a double take. He thought it was mom standing at the counter because mom was the baker. Uh, in fact, for a wedding, she baked 14 trays of Italian cookies. And um, we crossed the border at the time living in Toronto. We crossed back home from Niagara Falls and we'd see, you know, people, our friends with their little bags of cookies, because that's what you did. You gave out bags of cookies. So I'll never forget that, uh, you know, uh, Dave thinking, wow, I thought it was mom standing there because mom was the baker and I'm, I'm, a, I'm the cooker. I think that's probably the only time I made cookies. <laughs> I love that. Is that, is that it? So you've never made the cookies in since then? No, no, actually I, I uh, have gone uh, since I uh, transitioned my food preferences to all natural and gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, I have had great joy in taking a recipe. Um, like one of our friends brought over um, uh, pumpkin chocolate chunk cookies. Mm. I thought, wow, how can I make this gluten-free and dairy-free? So it was a challenge. And so these cookies came out fabulous. And, and Jeff, my, 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 my new husband, Funny saying that we've been together four years now, but um, he was an Oreo cookie guy. And so, you know, I had a really high uh, threshold to, to cross and he would have four Oreo cookies after every meal because that was what grandma did. Yeah. And so, you know, traditions of food. And so he, he kind of just gave up his Oreos. So it was with great joy when he tried these chocolate chunk cookies and loved them. Uh, so just, you know, trying to make things, uh, at, at, 
the food that I grew up with, trying to make them more healthy yeah. has been uh, a great joy. And that's, that's reflected in a cookbook as well. You know, it's, I like that you mentioned that too. I had another guest, uh, Coach B, um, a few months ago. And she, you know, she grew up in North Carolina just like I did. And, you know, so she has a background of just, you know, southern foods. And in her, you know, as she's gotten older, she's uh, transitioned to a vegan diet. And so that was one of the things that she mentioned that she liked to do was find ways to make a vegan version of a recipe. And even then getting her family to try it and acknowledge that, okay, it's, it's still really good. You can, make, you can make something that's still really good but also healthy. Yes. We had friends over for a lobster bake and then found out um, one of our friends was a vegan. So it's like, okay, what? and I didn't know that. Before, I just met them. And so, okay, open the pantry. What do you got? Well, I got, I always got beans in the pantry, yeah. great source of protein. Uh, got, um, I've got uh, kidney beans. I've got palmini, which is an amazing yeah. linguine made from uh, hearts of palm. And uh, cherry tomatoes, always stocked full of vegetables. So we, we looked up, I always have a, a bowl prepared of salad stuff. And so I'll do this like every three or four days. So with this bowl, peppers and, and celery and carrots, you can pretty much whip up a soup, uh, chop up a little onion. And, and so everything's prepared, just brought the bowl out. We whipped up this palmini linguine dish that was out of this world. Everybody loved it. You know, and we we're eating lobster and steak and um, this palmini dish as a side dish. It was awesome. I wish I would have written down what I, what I put in that. It's one of those, it's a, just a, it's a perfect storm of, okay, I've got all, everything just lined up right to have this one incredible dish and you're never going to be able to quite replicate it. Exactly. I, and there's something about that too. It, it's a memory that you got to make with your, with your husband, with your friends. And it's, it's that thing that you can laugh about now and say, okay, you, do you remember that time we did this? What did we do? What did we make? And you can try to recreate it, but I, I know what you mean. It's never going to be quite the same. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, so, you know, you talk about the, the functional health too and, and just trying to eat better. Was, you know, can you tell me a little bit more about that, you know, how you how you got more into that and how that's kind of been a part of that, that journey and that process as well of grieving and yes. just, I guess, healing? Yes. Uh, it was an amazing health transformation for me. Uh, I had always been uh, 25 to 30 pounds overweight and I thought I was healthy. Uh, I walked every single day, walked three miles around the, the neighborhood, golf four times a week, walk the golf course. Um, so I was fit, but I wasn't healthy. Uh, I had all kinds of autoimmune diseases. Uh, they, they, I was pre-diabetic, um, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, all the you know prescription drugs that I was on. Um, I thought they never gave you an exit strategy. So I was on all these meds. I wasn't healthy. I was unhealthy. I was fit and strong. I've been working out with a trainer for seven years, but I wasn't healthy. And so when I discovered functional medicine, um, basically they said for six weeks, change your food preferences and went everything organic, uh, a whole a food, a whole food, plant-based uh, food preferences, organic meats, organic chicken. And I will tell you in six weeks, my health completely transformed. Yeah. I was off, uh, I was off, I came off all my meds. I lost 30 pounds. It's, it's been three years and it's still off. And um, 
I was on antidepressants because that's what they put, the first thing they put a widow on is antidepressants. Mm. I came off high blood pressure meds, came off cholesterol meds, I came off my hormone therapy. It was incredible. We're talking 25 years of, of carrying this weight around and in six weeks, and I kept telling myself, I can do anything for six weeks. And they actually made this Italian girl give up tomatoes and, and pasta. So it was an incredible transformation. My energy went through the roof. I felt on top of the world. It helped lift the widow fog. And, and that's, when I just, that's when I decided to go back to school and become a certified health coach. Yeah. Because I saw the dramatic change it did to me. And it's like, I can help other people. And, you know, helping family and friends just by tweaking their food preferences has been dramatic. And even Jeff. So I put turmeric on everything. And he's, he's like a little a copycat. He goes, what are you doing? What is that for? <laughs> and uh, he goes, put some on mine. So, you know, he, it just transformed his health. And he had heartburn his, his whole life. Yeah. and thought it was normal. You know, taking drugs every day, that's a, a drug was designed to take for two weeks, not every day for years. And just by changing what he ate, he healed his, his, uh, his gut. And, um, you know, just it, it changed his life as well. So now he's like, what do you do? What's that? What are you doing that for? What's, what are you putting that mushroom powder in your coffee for? <laughs> I mean, it's true. I, th I think that definitely, I mean, the things that you put in your body, I mean, the food that you eat is important. You know, I think the thing that's hardest, though, is that just access to that, you know, to good quality food like that. Mm -hmm. But and you can do it. I mean, just there's something about eating something that's fresh that just the taste is different just feeling different afterwards feeling better afterwards it just it makes sense yes i'll, I'll never forget my friend who's also a widow said she went on whole 30 and she yeah. said i never realized how good a strawberry could taste until i ate an organic one and um so it's it's something i teach i, I created the the seven steps to healing after loss and it's a workshop and, and course that I've created. And the first one is leverage food as medicine. Yeah. So when I speak at, at hospice centers and I, I teach at adult wellness days, I'll bring in my favorite pans and I'll, I'll point people to ewg.org. You may have heard of the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. Yeah. Um, I give that as a handout. So there, you don't have to have everything organic, but the, the, the definitely strawberries. It's one of, the, one of the foods with the highest number of pesticides on it. So just this year, they, they identified 18 pesticides on a strawberry. Blueberries are another one. Peaches are another one. I won't touch a peach unless it's organic. Yeah. It's got a pesticides on it that I can't even pronounce. It's something like 25 pesticides on, on a peach. So, you know, when you think about shifting to organic, um, most supermarkets today have an organic section, which is really cool. Yeah. So, um, and, and I think the price point is coming down, but just to know um, that you don't have to go all organic, but the ones to, you know, stay away from are the dirty dozen. I, thank you for sharing that. I'll, I'll make sure to link up in the show notes too, just so that people can go and look at that, just to see, you know, because I, th I think it is important, you, you know, to do the research on what you eat as best you can. And again, I say this as someone who I love all kinds of food, but just try full transparency i've been trying to make uh, changes in my health this year so eating better exercising more moving my body more and i've lost weight which is which is great but that's not really the, been the main driver the main driver is i want to be healthier you yes. know i want to feel better i want you know my resting heart rate to be lower i want my 
I don't want to be winded doing small tasks, you know. So you have a seven-year-old to take care of the rest of her life. Exactly. You've got to keep up. That's my. I want to see her be a great, great grandmother. That's my goal. Yeah. But no, I, I, I like that, and and it also sounds like so. You know, you've turned what you found in your grief from losing your first husband into a new passion, a new focus, and then you've now gone to share that with other people to coach them. So, I mean, you've, you've really, I mean, that loss that you suffered has really just blossomed into so much. Is that, is that right to say? It is absolutely, absolutely correct. Uh, I've always been a lifelong learner and, and uh, I actually went back to school at 50 and um, got my bachelor's degree, something I hadn't, you know, just put by the wayside. It's just a personal goal. And I remember my friend, uh, Terry saying, you going to graduation? I said, absolutely. She was, you're going to be the highest paid graduate in that, in that line. I said, it doesn't matter. Personal goal. And, um, yeah, exactly. So going back to school, I thought I was just going back to learn more about the link between, uh, food and cancer. Uh, Dave died of esophageal cancer and watching him go through the last six months was just horrific. And then um, my mom died of Alzheimer's, and I know there's a link between food and Alzheimer's. So I thought I was just going back to school to learn more about nutrition, but it, that became a life transformation for me. I never dreamed I'd become an author, never dreamed I'd, I'd write a book based on a journal that I kept memories and stories, uh, you know, with my life with Dave and then my health transformation and then my new life with Jeff. Mm-hmm. So my, my, my new, in life is to help other widows and widowers learn how to live well through clean eating, laugh more, because you got to get your laugh back, and then perhaps even find love again. I, I just, I'm going to say this, this is not meant to sound too corny or too cheesy. I'll say that up front. I love that energy of trying to find the positive in something so negative and realizing look you know as as dark as something may be as bad as something may be there can be positive on the other side of it you can turn that into a positive you know using that to to better yourself to to help others you know and to find joy and to try to encourage others to find joy i love that so much i am so glad that you were doing that work andrew it's funny but dave was more he had the the prognosis was six months He chose no chemo because he knew quality of life. And they could only say, if you do chemo, uh, you will perhaps have six more months. And, and Dave always said, but what about quality? Uh, and they, the one, uh, we got a second opinion. I'll never forget the doctor saying, we must shrink the tumor so you can eat. And he's like, for what? I'm not going to be able to eat. Uh, you know, chemo is going to wreck my, my, everything even you know touching the refrigerator was going to be it was a horrific protocol and so he chose no chemo and every single day he'd wake up and say good morning beautiful and um every single day i feel terrific until the last couple of weeks you know we had no idea what was going to happen the night before he passed away we had no clue it was coming that quick but um i write about that in my book as well and I write about the last time he ate a blueberry. He used to love blueberries in his yogurt. And so probably about a week or a week and a half before he, he died, he couldn't eat anymore. And so I had such guilt. I couldn't eat either. 
and um, I would be making everything with this uh, product called Andre. It's what gastric bypass patients use to get the nutrients. And so I'd be mixing, uh, I got so creative. Uh, Andrew, I was making ice cream with Andre powder in it. I was making a homemade ice cream. I was making little jello cubes frozen with, with homemade, with this product in it. I would make um, applesauce and put, I would put it in everything. And um, I'll never forget the night I gave him four little um, jello cubes with Andre and, and he, he was in tears and he said to me, I said, honey, I, he goes, you know, I can only eat three, but you gave me four. And um, it, it broke my heart to this day. I get emotional thinking about that. Mm -hmm. But um, I'll, I'll, I'll share a funny story though. Um, the first time Dave came to dinner at mom's house, Sunday dinner, Sunday spaghetti day, big vats of sauce and pasta. <laughs> Dave loved to eat and mom was overjoyed. Manja, manja. So Dave learned that day and he was a member of the clean plate club. You had to finish everything on your plate. And, and I'll, never, <laughs> I'll never forget, he finished his plate. And what happens? Mom put more on it and more meatballs, more pasta. And my brothers are laughing their butts up because they knew you never left an empty plate because you were going to get more. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a sad story and a, and a funny story to follow that. But so many stories about food. I, um, I laugh because I can relate to that last one. You know, my, uh, <laughs> my mother-in-law, it's the same thing. She, one of the first things that she loved about me when she met me was that she could put anything in front of me and I would, I would try it, which I think was a uh, surprising sometimes I would try anything because I, I, I love food. And the thing is, she's an amazing cook. So I would eat it. I would eat everything. It was great. I was at clean plate club too. Um, so I've, I've been through that experience of finishing something and then just having more slammed on there. And it's like, well, I guess yeah. we're not done yet. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, Dave learned from, from early in our marriage that the family celebrated with food. So every occasion was a celebration of food. Yeah. And we made it one last road trip up to Rochester where I was found to see, he wanted to see my mom for the last time and, and wanted to, you know, be with the family. And, and, um, I'll never forget. Um, he, we were at my sister's house. She made this huge mat, a huge buffet and, and Dave could only eat like half a shrimp by then. And so he's, he, my brother apologized. He said, I'm so sorry. This is, you know, it didn't need to be about food, but that's how uh, the family always celebrated. If there's an occasion you make food, yeah. a lot of food. So that was a sad, um, sad uh, state of affairs. And, but it became a challenge to make things that he could eat. Like um, we discovered he could eat meatballs if it was really soft. So, you know, and I think that's the sign of a, of a cook, looking at the situation and, and, and adapting. And um, when we cooked, uh, Dave had a funny say, saying, he'd say, wow, this is company worthy, knowing that this recipe we could make for company. And there was only one time that I made something with shrimp and he said, no, this is not company worthy. He goes, you know, you, this is a waste of shrimp. So, <laughs> but it's good to have the ability to be creative and and to mod take a look at what you've got in the fridge and, and say, what can I make with that? And, you know, what can I make with that? Always have stuff prepared like for a salad and then add protein, whether it's, you know, leftovers from the night before. So last night I made chicken marsala and 
Um, and, and, and Jeff loves to eat and he loves my cooking. So it's like a match made, match made in heaven. Even his dad uh, loves to loves to come over for dinner, and it's just wonderful to cook for people. Yeah. I you know and the the creativity part of it too. I that's one of my favorite things about cooking. My my wife is a better cook than mm -hmm. I am. She cooks more than I do, but um, I try to make it a point to get in the kitchen too because I enjoy it, and it's also important to me that our daughter sees that everybody can cook. I I, yes. I want to set that expectation. But I will say, just the idea of, okay, I've got this, what can we freestyle tonight? You know, we try yes. to plan out our meals, but there is some, there is something fun about just seeing what do you have and then what can you make out of it? And we've yes. had that instance too of, just like you mentioned about kind of whipping something up and then just thinking like, God, I wish we could do that again. She made, um, yeah. it wasn't chicken Alfredo. It was, it was somewhere between chicken Alfredo and a Casio de, it was a Casio de Pepe, um, Oh. one night and for for a year afterwards i craved that one thing and we could never get it just right it was one of the best don't stop trying. yeah it was it was just perfect it was just pasta with olive oil garlic fresh parm little lemon little red yeah. pepper it's it was perfect and we just we could never get it just right yeah and one of the things i teach during uh, my session on food is medicine is um there are things you could keep in the house in your pantry and your freezer that um you can whip up a meal like you you can thaw out a piece of salmon um in 10 minutes put it in cold water you can thaw out a piece of yeah. salmon and then just throw it on the grill or put it in a sheet pan with uh you know um zucchini noodles uh or any vegetables you've got in the house so there's things that you can keep stocked in in the house that you can always whip up a meal and and here in maine it's it's a little different because the nearest town is 30 minutes away so when we go to town it's like a half a day is gone so uh we have to make sure that there's always um there's always salad ingredients and fresh vegetables because you can't just pop to the yeah. store not like florida where Publix is five minutes away it's different animal yeah yeah, I will say I do love public. We we finally they're coming to North Carolina. Yeah, oh, so we've got a couple of the week, and I love those just because you can pop in and grab Cuban bread at any point, and then you can make yeah Cuban toasts, um, Cuban sandwiches. Cuban sandwiches. Just rip yeah. off a piece of bread. I've I've done that before. <laughs> well, you know, hey, I I appreciate so much what you've what you've shared with me so far. Um, I do want to ask a couple questions before we wrap up. So the first question, this is one I always love to ask people, is, you know, thinking about, you know, Dave, if you had a chance to have one more meal with him, what would you want to have with him? Spaghetti and meatballs. Spaghetti and meatballs. Spaghetti and meatballs. A sauce cooked all day long, and I'd freeze it in, in little containers, and he'd take it to, to work as, you know, leftovers and... Um, Definitely spaghetti and meatballs. It'd have to be a Sunday sauce, right? Yeah. Marie, can you also tell us more about your books too? Because you, you've alluded to them a little bit. Um, I want to make sure that there's there's a chance for you to talk about those because you know just from talking before we started recording, I I think yes. that, I, I think the audience would really appreciate that. Yes, the, my 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 um, pride and joy is the book called How I Found Meaning and Humor in Widowhood, Firehouses, and Organic Vegetables. And the book's in three parts. It's, uh, the first part is called The End. 
It was the life with my life with Dave and all the adventures we had with food and firehouses and funny stories and and then his his final months of, of life. And then the middle is my health transformation. So it's the, the part two is called the middle. And it's my health transformation, my my spiritual healing. And then the last part is called the beginning. And it's about my new life with with Jeff. And I have no doubt that my late husband put his butt in that restaurant 1,600 miles away from Maine to Florida uh, that Thursday night. So I have no doubt that Dave had a hand in that. And um, it's just been an amazing um, transformation. So good to have joy back. Uh, so good to have joy back in my life and, and to find the second great love of my life. So that's, this is a, a, a book, of, book of love and it started out as a journal. And then I've got two books. Um, this is actually a bestseller called Wellness Wisdom. And this is a collaboration with other holistic practitioners about a wide range of topics, uh, mental and physical health. And um, the book that's in the works is called Cooking with a Side of Kleenex. And um, so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get permission to use that word in the, in the book because cooking with a side of tissues really doesn't, not quite it. Uh, really doesn't cut. <laughs> so we're working on that, but it's, a, it's uh, all healthy recipes. It's a book of, of love and joy. And then the final book I've been playing with for, for the last two years called High Heels to Mud Boots. And um, so the life in, our life in Sarasota is so dramatically different from our life in Maine. Um, like, you know, going through the woods and, you know, putting cat trail cameras up and, and um, Sarasota's high heels and dinners and, you know, popping to the store for, you know, a couple of minutes, going dancing. Well, none of that is here, but this place is beautiful. Uh, we just hosted a widow's retreat here two weeks ago, and I set an intention when that started to be able to say, my intention is for you to want to come back to Maine and mission accomplished. We had seven glorious days of lobster, hiking in Acadia National Park. We are in a beautiful place in the world. And so it was really good to um, be able to share that with, with um, two very special widow friends. Um, and so the other thing I'm doing is I'm actually having a, a four week boot camp on Second Chance at Love. And that launches September 17th. And I'm just so excited to be able to share my knowledge of uh, healthy relationships with widows and widowers and, and help them and coach them uh, to find love again, if they so choose, without going online. So I've got this incredible four week boot camp planned uh, for anyone looking to you know, make new healthy relationships. I hear so many times that widows feel stuck. You know, they look at Jeff and I and say, I want what you have, but I don't know where to start. So crafted this beautiful four week program that um, I hope will, will, will help many uh, discover that they don't have to go online because that's a very scary thing as a widow or widower. Uh, most women don't even change their marital status on Facebook. So uh, I've got a Facebook group that I share recipes with and, and, and grief tips and, and my website uh, is mariescottwellness.com. And there you'll find, uh, we're up to five e-guides and one of them is, was published in Brains Magazine. I'm an executive contributor for Brains Magazine. It's called Eat Healthy After Loss. And um, it's, you know, it can really uh, help you with the grieving process to eat healthy. Uh, and actually after any kind of loss, um, just to eat healthy, to get your energy back and, and to feel good. 
Because if you don't feel good, you're not going to want to embrace life part two. So doing all kinds of things. Um, it's all on my website. I've got another retreat coming up in first week in December. I get so pumped up about the, you know, the different ways that, that I'm helping get the word out that you can embrace life again after loss. I'm just going to say it is, it is infectious how much you, it's clear you want to help people. I, I've said this already. I don't care if it's cheesy. I love your energy. I love that you are in the world doing what you are doing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Andrew. All right. Thank you so much for joining today. Thank you again to Marie for joining us and just going through her story and how food has helped her through the grieving process. I am sincerely appreciative of that. Uh, I will link out to all of her information in the show notes as always. So please go check out the work she does. Um, I just, I think it's great that she has turned something so heartbreaking into something so positive and she's looking at it as a way to help others. So please support her. Please go check out what she does. You can also subscribe to Our Last Mill wherever you're listening. And also please take the time to rate and review so that other people can find the podcast. Um, I'd also love if you would follow Our Last Mill on social media at Our Last Mill Pod. So any of the social medias, you can find it. Uh, you can also go to ourlastmill.com. And if you're ever interested in being a guest on the show, you can click on the share your story button at the top of that page. Or you can reach out to me directly on any social media or send me something at ourlastmillpod at gmail.com. Uh, I'd be happy to talk with you. So that's everything for this week. I hope everyone uh, is in, enjoys the episode and see you back in a couple weeks. And until then, please take care of yourselves and take the time to go have a meal with someone you care about.